This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. They called us deplorables. They shut down our country. They say our thoughts are disinformation. is our response, The Rob Carson Show. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Rob Carson Show. It's already the 10th of October. Can you believe it? And uh, we are, what, uh, 28 days for the election? Yay! Yay! And, uh, you know, I've been told I shouldn't use the word curb stomp because curb stomp is very violent. And you shouldn't say curb stomp because, you know, it means that somebody's going to get stomped on a curb. Well, the Democrats are going to have to be curb stomped uh, on November the 8th. That's it. For the future of the country, honestly, for the future of the country, if you are down with uh, CRT, transgenderism, open, I don't care if you're transgender, just keep it out of my kid's classroom. And, uh, and if you're uh, 18 years of age or younger, uh, no. Uh, no, no. You don't know what you want to do for a living. You don't want to do with your life. Why should you have your penis removed? All right, you got that. We got the southern border. We got, uh, we've got massive uh, federal spending. We've got uh, the unleashing of 87,000 IRS agents. We've got, uh, we've got all the major branches of government absolutely, abjectly corrupt, 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 corrupt. You've got uh, departments of our government saying that there is misinformation and disinformation. That's the only thing the government allows is their narrative. Everything else is misinformation and disinformation. If you like this country, if you like the way things are headed, then honestly, uh, leave the country because there's a whole lot of people who are not going there in any way, shape, or form. And you can dream about it all you want. And you, can, you can sit around in your faculty lounge and you can dream of a Marxist utopia. But I hate to tell you this, there are a whole lot of people in the country who ain't going that way. And it starts for us on November the 8th. And then the real battle gets started. And that is payback for all of the abuses and usurpations that we have been suffering for the last decade or more. We do have a special guest today. This is very big. Dr. Michael Savage breathes the rare air of talk radio royalty. He did radio for 26 years. Two years ago, he left the airwaves. He did not comment about it. Part of that might have been contractually. Part of it might have been just, you know, mic drop, step away. Today he's going to be on this show. He's going to be on the show the third hour. Okay, so the the last hour of the show, uh, he is going to be on. That is the 2 o'clock hour Pacific or Eastern uh, uh, and, of course, uh, uh, noon hour or 1 o'clock hour here. And then 11 o'clock hour, Pacific Coast. Anyway, last hour of the show today, Dr. Michael Savage is going to join us. And I've had the opportunity to talk briefly with him. He's uh, very, very uh, uh, charming to talk to him. 
Uh, I know that he is a fan of the uh, of the TV show, and uh, he is making an exclusive appearance on radio for the first time since leaving the broadcast industry. He chose this show. And, and uh, I'll tell you, that means um, a lot to me because um, just a couple years ago, I was selling cars. And I had been radio for a very long time, but I'd been in music radio, and I really didn't get into talk radio. My first talk radio gig, literally, was in Kansas City, and it started around six years ago. And this is my second radio gig. This nationally syndicated radio talk show is my second talk radio gig. <laughs> so uh, it is a, an honor to have him on in the third hour. And we were talking about what we want to talk about. And, uh, and he said, I want to talk about radio. I want to talk about radio. I want to talk about uh, the direction of radio, what's happening with radio. I want to talk about uh, you know, what I did before radio. And I'm down with that because I get so tired of the drumbeat of everything that's in the news cycle. And that's what we're going to focus on in the last hour. And he told me exclusively, and I want you to listen to this. He wants to talk to his fans. The number for this show is the way you're going to be able to talk to him. And that number is 800-922-6680. All right? So we've still got a couple hours, but he's going to be on, and this is the number. And if you have been a fan of his, he would like to talk to you. Uh, he would like to talk to you. That's one of the things that I think that he, he truly misses about uh, radio is being able to talk to his listeners. Particularly, we are looking for Jimmy from Brooklyn. So if you know Jimmy from Brooklyn, tell Jimmy, here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. 800-922-6680. So we're going to get to know Dr. Uh, Michael Savage. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. And listen, I, I've been in radio since 1989. I uh, started in music radio. Uh, I started writing comedy about the same year because I was making 18.5 doing morning radio in the middle of the country in Columbia, Missouri. So I started writing comedy for comedy networks for radio because a lot of people in morning radio use other people's comedy. You know, they, they have writers, and I was one of them. And then I started writing for a guy named Rush Limbaugh right after that. And I've been involved in political radio since then, but didn't really start talk radio until like about six years ago. And, uh, and I want to talk about uh, the direction of radio, uh, the direction of radio post-Rush. Uh, among other things, and uh, and his uh, what what separated him from the crowd, because y you know you don't just suddenly become one of the top talk radio hosts of all time. There has to be something about you. There has to be a way that you connect with your audience that is unique. Because let's face it, uh, talk radio hosts are everywhere. We got talk radio hosts in every market in the country. Having an opinion is pretty easy. We've all got an opinion. But what makes radio greatness? What makes you breathe the rare air of syndication? And not only that, the upper echelons of broadcasting, meaning broadcast Hall of Fame material, that's what he did. And we're going to touch on all of that stuff as the, uh, as the show progresses. But we do have a lot of things before that. We're going to be talking to uh, Corey Lewandowski about a number of things uh, with regard to uh, the Biden administration, abuses and usurpations, abuses and usurpations of the Trump, uh, uh, people who've worked for Donald Trump, uh, the FBI abuse that uh, many have uh, suffered, and I will get into a weekend raid by the big, brave FBI. They went after a father of seven who uh, stood near the, uh, the front door to an abortion clinic, 
And they went to his house with guns drawn, and his, his wife would have none of it. As her husband was driven away from the house, she confronted the FBI. And, of course, she got no satisfaction because those agents are cowards. I'm not talking about every uh, FBI agent, but I'm beginning to wonder certainly about the FBI and uh, a good share of them. Because if you're in the FBI and you are down with the raids that this, this uh, organization is doing, and you are not down with going after those who would vandalize pregnancy crisis centers around the country, then uh, you, have a, you have a serious void in your character. You do. And then, of course, uh, there's what's going on in, uh, in Ukraine. Putin's wrath unleashed. 83 Russian missiles fired at Ukrainian cities, bringing death and destruction across the country. Vladimir Putin warning there will be more severe response and further attacks. Joe Biden said during a fundraiser the other day that uh, he was uh, uh, concerned about nuclear Armageddon. He said it during a fundraiser. And, of course, they had to walk him back because he's so mentally impaired he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about and he might just stumble us into something we can't recover from donald trump had a big speech in arizona over the weekend here's what he had to say about uh, joe biden and russia and ukraine in ukraine with potentially hundreds of thousands of people dying we must demand the immediate negotiation of a peaceful end to the war in Ukraine or we will end up in World War III and there will be nothing left of our planet all because stupid people didn't have a clue. They didn't have a clue. They don't understand. They really don't understand. I rebuilt our military. I rebuilt our nuclear power. They don't understand what they're dealing with, the power of nuclear. They have no idea what they're doing. I withdrew from the disastrous Iran nuclear... And you know why they don't know? Because they're academics and they're bureaucrats. They're academics and they're bureaucrats. And I will also tell you there's a good deal of uh, people who are from the millennial generation. They weren't raised in a Cold War environment, so they have no clue. They weren't taught. What can happen if there is a, even a limited nuclear conflict, the mass destruction, the, the fact that the country could never recover from it, the world could never recover from it? Fortunately, I'm seeing things like in, in France, and France, by the way, led the way on a lot of things that we should have. For instance, uh, COVID vaccine protests, France did, of all places. And in France, they're saying they want France pulled out of NATO if NATO's going to do something stupid like this. If NATO countries are going to consider allowing Ukraine to become a NATO member and consequently up the ante with uh, Vladimir Putin rather than uh, uh, negotiating a deal between Ukraine and Russia, which has already been offered, but Joe Biden is just standing in the way of. So we're not going to get into uh, all of that, the complexities of what's happening over there. But know this. Vladimir Putin is unleashing missiles on Ukraine in response to the bombing of a bridge over the weekend. You saw the Kerch Bridge on Saturday. And who knows where this is going to go. I know that uh, Donald Trump said that he would step in and uh, negotiate the truth. Uh, truce. And at this point, I'd like to see that, to be quite honest. I would much rather see Donald Trump uh, negotiate a truce because he knows what's going on there. And Joe Biden doesn't know what his middle name is. 
So here's the number again, guys. It's 800-922-6680. Again, third hour of the show. Dr. Michael Savage is going to be joining us for the first time on broadcast radio since leaving broadcast radio. He has much to say about the industry. He has much to say about uh, the culture. Uh, He has much to say about one of the biggest talk stations in America, KGO in San Francisco, blowing up last week. Not literally, but they blew up the format last week. He wants to talk about that. And, of course, if you are a fan of his, he would love to hear from you. So write down the number, 800-922-6680. If you want to get on hold uh, sometime here in the next whatever, I'm I'm sure we're going to get blown up with phone calls. We're going to have a lot of phone calls for him, so you're more than welcome. On the way, going to be talking about DeSantis and and what he's done in Florida. Then we're going to touch on the uh, the FBI and what they did over the weekend and how a, uh, a wife of a protester called out the FBI, and they absconded with her husband like cowards. We'll get to all of that. 800-922-6680. This is a Monday. Oh, it's Columbus Day. I don't say Indigenous People's Day. I say Columbus Day on the Rob Carson Show. Stick around. Put Nancy, Joe, Chuck, Bernie, and Mitch in a retirement home. Rest well and rest easy. You deserve it. It's the Rob Carson Show. That is Joe Biden last week saying nobody bleeps with Joe Biden, but it looks like the world is bleeping with Joe Biden, especially Russia, by the way. Joe met Ron DeSantis. And he put on a nice act. He talked climate change, yeah, he sounded deranged, but at least he showed some tact. Then he met with a local mayor, thought the microphones were far away. But it was all recorded, no, it wasn't distorted, because here's what he had to say. Joe Biden said, hey, Ray, you don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. You don't pull the mask off an old Lone Ranger and you don't f- with a Biden. He's a blowhard. Joe is into blackmail. Always has been. As he proved with Ukraine. A billion in aid, the payment wouldn't be made. Joe said, let me explain. You see, your prosecutor has Hunter in his sight. I'm worried about what he has planned. He said, it may sound funny, but you get no money unless that lawyers can. Then he said, come on, man. You better give my son a pass or the aid we will suspend. Uh-huh. You don't lay a glove on my boy, Hunter, and you don't f- with a Biden. <laughs> yeah, you don't mess with the Bidens. Yeah, you betcha. But you know what Joe Biden's really able to do, He what he really likes to do, uh, is he likes to hide behind his FBI. He likes to work with his buddy Merrick Garland. He likes to go after innocent Americans. That's when he feels like a big man. Joe Biden is a, is a wussy. Uh, there's another word that starts with another letter that sounds like wussy that describes Joe Biden, but that's what he is. He always has been a blowhard. He always has made up stuff about his past. He always has talked a really tough game and all that, but it's all a lie. It's all being exposed now. This is kind of an interesting piece I found over the weekend. Uh, George Soros uh, and uh, and this, this interesting kind of uh, uh, montage of, uh, uh, and I, I'm really trying to make sense of it, Joe Biden, Ukraine, and George Soros, and Barack Obama. I set up a foundation in Ukraine before Ukraine became independent of uh, Russia. 
um, and the foundation has been uh, functioning ever since. There is one pers person who was very deeply involved in Ukraine. Who is that? Uh, and, and that's Biden. Huh. He had a lot more patience than I had in, in uh, trying to convert Poroshenko into a democratic leader. But the opportunity uh, to generate a united Ukraine, uh, getting it right, is, uh, is within your grasp. And we want to be your, uh, your partner, your friend in the project. Uh, you know what, guys? I mean, um, I think when it comes right down to it, what we're dealing with here is a profoundly corrupt Democrat Party and a good deal of the Republican Party that is corrupt as well. All of them moved to Washington, D.C., expect to spend the rest of their lives in Washington, D.C., telling us how to live our lives and spending our money. Because once they become members of Congress, they suddenly become uh, members of the board of the, the largest company in the history of mankind, a, a 5 to $6 trillion company. And they get to decide where that company's money is spent. Joe Biden certainly has been a part of that for uh, 50 years. And thus far, some people have taken $60 billion of that company's money and sent it to Ukraine. That's larger than the Soviet annual military or the Russian annual military budget. It's almost like they were laundering money or something. <clears throat> All of this is going to come out eventually. It's just a matter of if and when. And I'll tell you, and we better start hearing more, although I'm beginning to see, uh, you know, Jim Jordan and others starting to talk about what they're going to do once Republicans take over. And Republicans had better take over. So Ron DeSantis is continuing to shine with the Hurricane Ian recovery efforts. Uh, if you look at uh, Hurricane Katrina, you can see what Democrats did. And uh, they're still recovering from that, for crying out loud. I mean, I think I started, I kept hearing about black mold in temporary housing, I think probably uh, even up to about a, uh, five years ago. But they did a, a miserable job. A lot of people died because of it. 1,800 people died because of Hurricane Katrina. They say around 100 in Florida, which, of course, is a tragedy. But did you realize that in the state of Florida, and you saw some damage, I mean, literally, cities being uh, wiped from the map. Fort Myers, wiped from the map. Captiva Island, wiped from the map. 100% power, essentially. There are just a few places in Florida that do not have 100% power. Also, I might add, they uh, rebuilt a bridge to Pine Island. Did you see that? That's how it's done. This should be the template. And I've been talking about, uh, you know, whatever you think of my opinion with regard to uh, who should be a presidential contender. Because they're always banding about, you know, who the next Republican is, who the this and who the that is, and, and who's ready to be. I think there's only really... Maybe one, I think one person, I think Ron DeSantis could step in and be the president of the United States right now. He has the executive experience. He has the life experience. He has the military experience. He has head on straight. He gives the media what fur, and that's what I like about him. Maybe Nikki Haley next, maybe. Maybe Ron Johnson, VP. I'm talking VPs after that because the only person I think who's ready to do it is Ron DeSantis. And the reason why he's ready is because he's proven he can. He's proven he can because he leads a very populous state that, by the way, people are streaming from Democrat-run states to get into. 
and he's doing a yeoman's job. All right, so coming up at FBI Raid over the weekend, we're going to get to uh, that. Oh, and when China started investing in PPE, in all of those masks and gowns and gloves and all that, yeah, it was before the virus hit the United States. It's like they were almost ready for it, like maybe they created it in a lab or something. That's on the way. It's a Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere. impeached our president twice for nothing. The truth is simple, and it's right before our eyes. They raided his home. I don't know what to be concerned about. No one, no one seems to. And they call us extremists and fascists for supporting him. Yeah, we're done with all that. It's the Rob Carson Show. You know, it's kind of interesting. Um, for years, uh, George W. Bush, uh, George H.W. Bush... Uh, Donald Trump were called Nazis. They were called Hitler. They were called all this. But most recently, uh, uh, the president of the United States called uh, Trump supporters MAGA Republicans and fascists and all that stuff. But when you bring up things like and you make comparisons to, uh, you know, the events of the past, like, for instance, the rise of Joseph Stalin, the uh, uh, Soviet Union, uh, Hitler's Germany and all that, and you compare it to today, uh, while Joe Biden is a president, you'll get taken down. You'll get people yelling at you. I can't believe you're saying that. I, I, there's this uh, person, not a friend anymore, certainly really never was, used to have this uh, uh, this bumper sticker that had uh, uh, George Bush with a Hitler mustache on it, because that's what the left does. They they will uh, they will uh, you know paint uh, pictures like that, but they have nothing to back it on. Now I'm looking at things like I don't know uh, when, for instance, the day of the inauguration, uh, Washington D.C. parts of Washington D.C. burned. Uh, the left went on a rampage, burned a limousine, uh, smashed out windows in businesses, kind of like I don't know, Kristall knocked. I'm thinking, you know, just, you know, maybe there's that. And then, of course, there's uh, the Reichstag, where, uh, you know, they invaded the parliament in Germany, uh, uh, the supporters of Hitler, to uh, pin the blame and make it look like it was the other party. And, it, and it's exactly like January the 6th, where people literally were let into the Capitol. A Trump rally was on the, on, uh, the, the, uh, the, the mall, and it was peaceful, and it was to protest election irregularities. But there were... 13 or 14 left-wing groups that had infiltrated the FBI, had infiltrated the group, and and allowed people to go in. And since then, the FBI has been on an unrelenting pursuit of everyone who was on the Capitol grounds, and even people who weren't there. And we have a whole bunch of prisoners in jail in Washington, D.C., on charges, none of them for insurrection. None of them for insurrection, because if you're going to lead an insurrection to overthrow a government, generally you have to use overwhelming force and weapons. And none of the, the January 6th uh, insurrectionists had them. So it was, it was like it was a setup or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then let's make a comparison between uh, the Russian secret police and the Gestapo. And going after political enemies, because that's what they did. And then you see things like uh, how the FBI literally worked with the Department of Education and the White House to target parents who disagree with school curricula and CRT as domestic terrorists. Then you see legit domestic terrorists terrorizing 
crisis pregnancy centers around the country. Now, I don't know about this or what you think, but I can't think of something that could be worse, a more debased people that would say that crisis pregnancy centers are not a force for good, pure good. Whereas even Cori Bush, the ignorant uh, congressperson from St. Louis, says that she went in to get an abortion uh, years ago, and, uh, and she had second thoughts, but they, w- they went ahead and preceded it. She's blaming racism. I'm blaming Planned Parenthood, because Planned Parenthood was based on racism. Margaret Sanger was a eugenist and a racist and a lover of the KKK. And then this weekend... There have been this uh, uh, attempted purge of pro-life activists using this, uh, this uh, federal law, uh, the FACE Act, which means that if you uh, are near uh, or uh, attempt to, I guess, uh, restrict access to an abortion clinic, you can face up to 11 years in prison, $250,000 fines. Now, anyone who's been obstructed by uh, the gentleman who was home was raided over the weekend, they had to endure some pretty bad stuff like people holding hands and praying on either side of the access to the abortion clinic where they presumably went on in and had a, an abortion. As opposed to people who are firebombing, uh, writing uh, uh, slogans in red on crisis pregnancy centers, threatening them with their lives. I'd say that's a little more of a, a better comparison to, uh, you know, Hitlerian Germany. Right? Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you see the connection here? Wouldn't you see when the when the federal government uses words like disinformation, which is a term coined by Joseph Stalin in 1923, right before he created a department of disinformation, which basically meant if you disagreed with the government's narrative on anything, meaning the government only is the truth, then you are jailed or sent to re-education camps. Are anybody else seeing this besides me? I don't think I'm the only person. And then there's this. FBI agents conducted a raid of pro-life activists' home in Tennessee on Wednesday. According to a video recorded by his wife, at the time of the FBI raid, the pro-life activist was reportedly about to take his seven children to school. Paul Vaughn, one of the 11 pro-life activists charged with violations of the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act for engaging in protests at an abortion clinic in March of 2021. Where are all the hundreds of arrests for the uh, sacking of the United States during the summer of 2022? Where are all the names of the Antifa and BLM protesters who burned Minneapolis, who burned uh, Portland, who... uh, uh, performed an assault on a federal courthouse in Portland for over 100 days with fire. Those are, uh, they, they literally, uh, in 2020, sent President Trump and his family into the presidential bunker as they attempted to burn down historic St. John's Church across from the White House. Where's the front page coverage of that? You know why I think that right now we're closer to Nazi Germany than we ever have been? Because I'm not stupid, you see. I'm not an idiot, you see. I pay attention, and I realize that just because you live in a nice house and you have 12,000 cables on your ch- on, or channels on your cable and you have a $1,200 phone doesn't mean you can't go back to hell. Doesn't mean you can't go back to where we were 
80 years ago, 100 years ago, where we are now in China, where we are now in North Korea, where they are now in Iran. Why isn't the White House supporting the women of Iran? Why aren't feminists in this country supporting the women of Iran? Because leftists put leftism first before everything else. Here's a little audio of our cowardly FBI. And I'll just call them that, our cowardly FBI. And this is, this is kind of hard for me to uh, say because, you know, uh, I, I'm not a boomer, but I, I, I know that a lot of boomers grew up with the FBI, a Quinn Martin production. And we were meant to lionize. We had lionized the FBI as this great law enforcement community. But the FBI, when you really look at things, including the Church Commission in the 1970s, you look at how it was founded. You look at how it's acted, how it's behaved. You look at the fact that it targeted people like Martin Luther King Jr. It makes you kind of wonder if they've ever been nonpolitical, if they've ever been more concerned about justice. And I'm beginning to think um, they have more things. They are closer to secret police than they are to federal law enforcement than we ever dreamed of. Here's a little audio of the cowardly FBI going after Paul Vaughn at his house at 7 in the morning. And his wife showing more courage than most of us could ever imagine when confronted with people in uniforms, in bulletproof vests, with long rifles and handguns pointed at her husband. But if you're not going to let me, then I'll just... No, I want to know why you were banging on my door with a gun. Uh, you're not going to tell me anything? No, I, I, I tried. Man. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. You did not try. This is not acceptable. Can I have your name? You're not going to give me your name? Oh, no names. You're not going to give me any information? No names, no badge numbers, nothing. They just drove off with her husband. Seven pro-life activists, including Paul Vaughn, were charged with conspiracy against rights secured by the FACE Act, committing FACE Act violations. Uh, this after uh, another man was arrested uh, last week, you may recall, in, uh, in Tennessee for the same thing uh, in front of his children. Vaughn's wife reportedly captured the aggressive arrest that happened at their home at 720 last week. Video shows four armed FBI agents at the Vaughn residence. By the way, the ATF has been sending agents out out to people's homes in states like Delaware to ask about gun purchases and some have actually complied and showed them the guns. I would tell any member of the FBI to get off my porch and come back with a warrant. There was no effort to bring him voluntarily, according to Guelbarto, Garcia Jones, an, at an attorney for the Personhood Alliance. They showed up unannounced at, at 7 a.m. They were banging on the door so loud that it made the whole house shake. And once they did, uh, that he came out, he was actually on his way to take seven of his kids to school. All four of the FBI agents had weapons drawn. Two of them had long guns. Two of them had sidearms. They were very, very aggressive. Once his wife took out the phone, they immediately changed their misdemeanor. Isn't that funny? <clears throat> Vaughn was handcuffed on the porch in front of his children. Vaughn was uh, whisked away in one of two unmarked SUVs on the property. His wife was not informed about what the charges were, why they, where they were taking him. They never received official information about Vaughn's whereabouts. For six hours after his arrest, he was taken to a federal holding facility about 60 miles from his home. <clears throat> For over six hours, no one knew where I was and why I was kidnapped from my home at gunpoint. It took an attorney six hours to be able to break through the bureaucracy and find the people who know what was going on. 
In September, as many as 30 FBI agents with guns reportedly drawn raided the home of pro-life activist Mark Houck for allegedly pushing a man to the, to the ground outside an abortion clinic. The man outside the abortion clinic was harassing his son in his face, calling his father the F-word for homosexual, among other things. And the dad said, get away. The guy fell over. Nobody looked at those charges seriously. And local court said there is nothing to see here. The FBI went ahead and charged him anyway. But something curious has happened in the last month or so. A lot of people at the FBI who are leaving their jobs. I wonder why. New concerns about the behavior of hundreds of FBI employees. Iowa Senator Chuck Grassley said a whistleblower gave him records showing 665 FBI employees retired or resigned following misconduct investigations to avoid getting disciplinary letters. Resigning allows those employees to keep their pensions or benefits as officials investigate allegations. Oh. 45 senior level officials were part of that group. Grassley wants investigators to work faster to get justice and to keep people accused from misconduct, of misconduct from retiring with full benefit. There you go. It looks like there are a lot of people who may have been uh, uh, involved with these, I'll just call them shenanigans, you know, to be nice. I've got another word that starts with SH with regard to uh, the FBI and its behavior as uh, Joe Biden's secret place, and it ain't shenanigans. Not shenanigans at all. But it looks like a whole lot of agents are leaving the agency with their full retirement and benefits before maybe the feces hits the fan. That's what it sounds like to me, doesn't it? Don't you wish you as a police officer, a firefighter, a military member had that option rather than just being booted from your position, losing your retirement, losing your career because of a vaccine? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather have that option? Well, that, no, that ain't going to happen to you. No, it only happens to the FBI. They can, they can abuse and they can do all the things they've done and, and they can throw a couple of elections or attempted to throw one in 2016, uh, definitely threw one in 2020, and they can retire with bennies, everything. Kind of interesting, ain't it? Donald Trump had a big speech in Mesa, Arizona over the weekend. He had some comments about the FBI and raiding Mar-a-Lago. Kind of weird that happened in the last month and a half, two months as well, doesn't it? Yeah. Here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show. In the 60s, we had LBJ. Now, we have FJB. It's The Rob Carson Show. Last hour of the radio show today, Dr. Michael Savage is going to return to the radio airwaves. He left two years ago. He was on the air for 26 uh, years. And uh, interesting story, he's got a Ph.D. from the University of California, Berkeley, in nutritional ethnomedicine, among other things. Studied epidemiology, became a, uh, 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 one of the upper echelons of uh, broadcast talk show hosts ever. And uh, we're going to talk to him in the final hour of the show. I'm going to tell you now, he wants to talk to you. So here's the number. It's 800-922-6680. If you don't want to call now, that's fine. Uh, but he, uh, it may be difficult to get in in the final hour of the show when the doctor joins us. So last hour of the show, he will join us. Next hour, Corey Lewandowski, confidant of uh, former president and soon-to-be president, uh, Donald Trump will join us. And we'll talk about, uh, uh, well, uh, uh, the news of the day. <clears throat> among other things. 
Uh, Donald Trump had another big rally over the weekend. Carrie Lake was there. She's running for governor of uh, Arizona. And she, her election, if she gets elected, and I, and I hope and pray she will, and it looks like things are pointing in that direction, will be, uh, will be gigantic. If uh, Doug Mastriano wins in uh, Pennsylvania, it will be gigantic. If Dan Cox wins in Maryland, kaboom, kaboom. Uh, it's a tough road to hoe in Maryland. I lived there for a dozen years. We called the Maryland uh, General Assembly the Maryland General Asylum. The uh, General Assembly in, in the Maryland is as bat guano crazy as you could possibly imagine. I mean, uh, see California. And unfortunately, there is a uh, toad who used to be, or still the governor, Larry Hogan, who is a major rhino, a la uh, Liz Cheney. And he's doing his level best to make sure that Dan Cox doesn't win. I'm hoping you guys in Maryland can prove him wrong. I really do. Because I miss living in Maryland. I loved it there. I'm glad I missed the last six, seven years in Maryland because the Democrat Party's made it impossible to live there. For a variety of reasons. Anyway, uh, Donald Trump had a big uh, speech in Mesa, Arizona over the weekend. Here's what he had to say about the FBI raid of Mar-a-Lago. We have a weaponized Department of Justice and FBI on everything, including of the course of, I mean, think of this. How about including the break-in of my home concerning the so-called document hoax case? Yeah, it was nuclear uh, secrets one time, and then it was something else. And then it just turns out it was, a, it was just a giant raid, a la the Soviet Union. It was, uh, show me the man, we'll show you the crime. This is a new hoax, the document hoax. Just look at how every other president has been treated when they left office. Very interesting. They've been given all the time. These are other presidents all the time needed because you're supposed to have as much time as you need. Because we have a Stasi now. And complete deference when it came to their documents and their papers. Take as much as you need. Barack Hussein Obama moved. More than 20 truckloads, over 33 million pages of documents, both classified and unclassified, to a poorly built and totally unsafe former furniture store located in a rather bad neighborhood in Chicago. Yeah. With no security, by the way. Yeah, it's called a double standard, by the way, but it's much worse than that. A little bit more from Donald Trump. George W. Bush stored 68 million pages in a warehouse in Texas and lost 22 million White House emails. He lost 22 million emails. Can you imagine if I lost two emails? Dope! Said, say this is terrible. Yep. It must have been nuclear in those two. <laughs> Covering the Iraq invasion. He didn't want to hear about the Iraq invasion. That was one of the worst decisions ever made. And yeah. he lost... 22. I fell for that too. Million. Can you believe this? We're talking about million pages and they're coming after me. But they're still looking for them. Yeah. They're still looking for those pages. Bill Clinton took millions of documents from the White House to a former car dealership in Arkansas. We love Arkansas. I can Probably a couple boxes of women's underwear in there. Tell you, we won Arkansas both times also. And kept classified recordings. Yeah, it's a double standard. I got more on this. And uh, your call's welcome, 800-922-6680. This is The Rob Carson Show.
European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, is specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. since 1990. You can choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact, carry, or full-size in three popular calibers. If you're a first-time gun owner, EAA Corp's all-in-one 9mm MC9 Striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes the MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There is a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today at EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of hard-earned money. Visit EAACorp.com. That's EAACorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. Rush Limbaugh shared his comedy for years. Now, you'll hear it here. It's the Rob Carson Show. It is a uh, Columbus Day edition of the Rob Carson Show. And uh, joining us in the third hour of the show is uh, Dr. Michael Savage, who was on the air for 26 years, legendary broadcaster, left the uh, airwaves two years ago. We're going to uh, talk to him for the very first time on radio <clears throat> then uh, in the, three, uh, the, the last hour of the show. So if you want to be a part of it, if you're a fan of The Doctor, if you've ever called his show in the past, he would love to hear from you. I know this means a great deal to him. I've talked to him personally. And, uh, and I know that's one of the things he misses about radio versus podcasting. Uh, 800-922-6680 if you want to talk about something else before then or if you want to talk to the doctor in the final hour of the show. That's the number as well. Uh, over the weekend, it's kind of fun. Uh, there was this, uh, this Florida Sheriff uh, Grady Judd. And, you know, in the last couple of years, the country has been kind of smacked around by leftists and uh, defund the police and all this, uh, I mean, idiocy uh, of the left that has driven the country to hell in a handbasket. And in Florida, they're not doing that. In Florida, they're not allowing people to loot. They're saying literally, and I'm, I'm so glad to see this return to, uh, to uh, uh, vigilante justice. No, it's not really. It's just protecting your property and your life but uh, they're not allowing looting and presumably in florida if you shoot someone who's looting your home uh you ain't gonna be prosecuted for it unlike if you own a, a jewelry store in san francisco and a bunch of people come in and smash out your jewelry cases threaten you with firearms and steel and you can get away with it with you know no issues whatsoever they don't do that in florida people have a right to be safe in their homes they have a right for their property to be safe even when part of their home may be torn away. And these looters, that's unacceptable, absolutely unacceptable. I would highly suggest that if a looter breaks into your home, comes into your home while you're there to steal stuff, that you take your gun and you shoot him. You shoot him so that he looks like grated cheese. Because I think it's Swiss cheese. Swiss cheese, maybe grated cheese. You know what? That's one looter that won't break into anyone else's wow. home and wow. take advantage of them. When they're the most vulnerable and the most... <laughs> wow, that is... Uh, that, that, those aren't words you hear very often, but aren't they refreshing? I mean, when you, when you see the smash-and-grab robberies, when you see all that stuff, don't you kind of just wish 
Remember that uh, that uh, uh, the guy who owned the uh, bodega, or as uh, as uh, Jill Biden would say, bodega in New York, and this punk goes in, and he gets behind the counter, he starts harassing this guy and threatening him, and this guy's girlfriend is outside, stabs the store owner in the arm, and the store owner, even though he's an old man, grabs a knife, stabs the punk to death. <clears throat> you know? Sorry, didn't cry a whole lot for the, uh, for the criminal there. In fact, not one little bit. <clears throat> and I think America, <clears throat> when I use the expression, we're done, that's one of the many things we're kind of done with. We're done with all this nonsense. We're done with all of the, uh, the, uh, the violence in American cities where we're done with uh, people being able to steal $1,000 worth of stuff and just walk out of stores. That's why Walgreens are going out of business across San Francisco. That's why businesses are streaming out of Democrat cities. It's another failed policy. Oh, and then there's this week uh, in, in New York. I don't know if you heard about this. Lee Zeldin is running for uh, governor against Kathy Hochul. Yeah, what's up, Doc? And... Uh, uh, apparently, there was a shooting outside of his home. Yeah. Uh, he and his wife were not at home. They were at a parade, but his two daughters were. They are Michaela and Ariana. They're 16-year-old, and they went and hid in the bathroom. They heard gunshots outside and screaming. They ran upstairs and locked themselves in because you never know. Because, you know, I mean, if, uh, if leftists are allowed by the FBI to uh, protest out in front of uh, Supreme Court justices' homes and uh, there is an attempted assassination of one of those justices and the FBI really hasn't said uh, nothing about it, then anything's possible, Right. Zeldin said that one of the bullets landed 30 feet from his uh, daughters. The two individuals who were shot were laying under the front porch in the bushes in front of the porch. And uh, Zeldin says his uh, daughters are shaken, but okay. He also said, like so many New Yorkers, crime has literally made its way to our front door. My family is grateful to all have reached out and will provide another update when we can. And this is what uh, Democrats have ushered into our country. This is the insanity of leftism. And I'm not sure exactly why. I don't know who's down with this but clearly it's it's there to wreck the country to confuse the people to distract from all of the other destruction that's happening in the country also i don't know if you knew this uh, you know walmart is only going to be hiring 50,000 uh, seasonal workers this year now you're thinking 50,000 workers that's a pretty big deal problem is they normally hire 150,000 Trans-Pacific shipping has dropped 75% during peak season due to lack of U.S. demand. Trans-Pacific shifting on its way down thanks to Biden's economy. It's a symptom of the policies that Biden put in place to destroy the U.S. economy. 75%. Now, what do you think about this? Because Pete Buttigieg is the Secretary of Transportation. And a year ago, October, Joe Biden went out to the West Coast and he said he was going to fix all of the uh, all of supply chain problems we were having. And one by one, we kept seeing these supply chain problems uh, uh, happen and they haven't been fixed. I went by my own car dealership where I worked the other day. Used to be called Hendrick Toyota. Still is called Hendrick Toyota. Do you know how many new Toyotas they have on their lot? About a half a dozen. Do you know how many they used to have on their lot? About 600. Every month, they'd have 600. You could go out. They used to have this thing called sell off the lot. That's what you wanted to do. The last thing you want as a car salesperson is to sell, um, is to sell uh, cars that are ordered because they take forever. And if you as a salesperson, you want your commission now. And your sales manager wants to get rid of those cars on the lot. Well, now there's nothing, uh, there's nothing on the lot. 
It's all used cars. And those cars have gone through the ceiling in value. They, they literally, there's another dealership, they have a car there that is selling for $54,000. Now, this car new costs $50,000. This car is two years old with 36,000 miles on it, and they're selling it for more than sticker. Where's Pete Buttigieg? Why hasn't this been fixed? COVID is no longer a pandemic. COVID is no longer a threat. Why are we still doing this way? Are they just trying to soften us up so that our grocery stores look like Venezuela and our car lots look like Cuba? Let's go to Steve in Baltimore. Steve, welcome to the Rob Carson Show. What's on your mind on this uh, Columbus Day? Good afternoon, Steve. Uh, good talking with you. Uh, yes, oh my gosh, your name your name is Bob, not my name is Steve. That's okay. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I'm 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 really kind of done. Now, that's one of your mantras. You're done with it. I am done with people giving the uh, lower level FBI agents a pass for making yeah. these raids. Uh, yeah. That's called a Nuremberg defense. Uh, yeah. They they know they're doing wrong. It's true. But they do it anyway. And it just drives me crazy. They, they shouldn't have a job, period. Yeah, you're exactly right. Now, Steve, did you hear earlier that 600 FBI agents have resigned uh, to preserve their uh, pensions and their uh, benefits? Did you hear that? Yes, I did. And, and, and you know, God, you know, God bless them. But uh, once again, they, the, the, the agents conducting the raids could not be given a pass because yes. someone else told them to do it. That's you're crazy. exactly right. You're exactly right, Steve. I mean, they're still going after Nazi prison guards. Yep, you know, they're indeed. they're in their 90s. They're still going after them. Yeah. All right. All yeah, right, I get. I, I, thanks. I, I appreciate it, pal. Thanks. All right, brother. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, you're comparing the Nazis to the FBI. Well, yeah, yeah, I am. I actually, I am. I had the Stasi. Hell yeah. Prison guards, maybe not so much. But hell yeah. Here is uh, Jim Jordan uh, talking about uh, the FBI and their, pri- uh, their priorities, uh, which don't include Hunter Biden's laptop, which has the, the, uh, the makings of uh, and the foundation for the biggest political scandal in the history of the United States. Meanwhile, our FBI is going to pro-life uh, people's homes and arresting them violently in front of their children. The facts are already there. The real question is, will the FBI hold people accountable? I, I, I mean, I, I got my doubts, and I, frankly, I'll believe it when I see it, because this is the FBI where we've now had 14 agents come to us as whistleblowers and tell us how political it's gotten. This is the FBI that raided the home of a former president, took the phone of a sitting member of Congress. This is the FBI who kicked in the door of a pro-life leader two weeks ago yep. outside of Philadelphia and arrested him in front of his wife and seven children for something local law enforcement said was not a crime, not a problem. So this is how political this FBI has become. And let's talk about the FBI. This is a fact. The FBI attempted to interfere in the 2016 election to get Hillary Clinton elected. They worked in, uh, in cahoots, cahoots for lack of a better term, with the DNC, Hillary Clinton, and they even hired a Russian agent named Igor Danchenko, who goes on trial tomorrow in Washington, D.C. This is the FBI who's involved themselves in every single election for the last four cycles. This is a point Congressman Gates made in committee a few weeks ago. In 2016, they spied on President Trump's campaign. In 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. In 2020, they... $36 million for the Mueller investigation that came up with nothing. 
And they knew it at the beginning of the investigation. They knew there was no Russia collusion. Pressed information about the Hunter Biden laptop. And now in 2020, they've raided the home of, a, uh, of the former president, taken the phone of a sitting member of Congress 91 days before an election. So when is the FBI not going to involve themselves in, in one of our elections? That's, that's probably a key question. I'm thinking of all the things that the newly elected Republican Congress, and they have to be, by the way, uh, is to investigate the FBI. Here's uh, Donald Trump over the weekend talking about the FBI and Hunter Biden. Leaking that they may actually be charging Hunter Biden with very minor charges relative to the crimes that he apparently committed. And I look, we don't want bad stuff to happen. They want to touch base, by the way, with the Hunter Biden laptop without really uh, including Joe Biden. They think they're going to get away with this. But they're leaking that couple of minor charges couple of minor charges relatively compared to the kind of charges that they could be and that's influence peddling access uh, uh, uh corporate fraud by the way up to them but bribery are they actually going to do the right thing and hold the biden's accountable or is this just a charade and not as long as democrats are in charge an excuse to continue targeting me and our movement of make America great again and America first, I don't know. I think I think they're doing this for a little reason. I think they want to target us and yeah. they make it look a little bit more fair when they throw out a couple of charges about Hunter. Yeah, and he's afraid, uh, and I don't think Donald Trump is afraid of anything, to be quite honest. But he believes that the, uh, the FBI is saying they're bringing these charges against Hunter Biden as an excuse to really go after us. And Donald Trump. On the way, uh, Democrats have opened up 51 fake news websites to win the election coming up. And China began stockpiling PPE months before the COVID outbreak, which says to me, as I've said since the beginning, uh, they created it. Do you know why I know that? Because I'm not stupid. This is a Monday edition of The Rob Carson Show. feasts while we're expected to dine on the crumbs. To those who strove to deter us from our responsibility, you have failed. Time to send those crumb suckers home. It's the Rob Carson Show. Okay, so all the stuff I've been talking about so far today on the show with regard to FBI raids and election interference and all that. Uh, we're going to get Corey Lewandowski's opinion on all of those things after the bottom of the hour. He's a senior advisor to uh, Donald Trump in the 2020 and the uh, 2016 campaign manager for Donald Trump. We're going to talk about uh, Battleground 2022. We're going to talk about the DOJ. We're going to talk about the Trump raid. We're going to talk about the raids at uh, pro-life protesters around the country and the FBI. All of that is coming <clears throat> at the bottom of the hour. I told you months ago that things were going to get nuts before this election. And have I been right so far? Anybody? Anybody? You know, like, uh, I don't know, two months ago when uh, Joe Biden, uh, his FBI raided Mar-a-Lago for no good reason. 
They made up everything. They worked with the uh, the uh, director of the National Archive to create an excuse to blanket search warrant an ex-president's home, which is unprecedented in history. It is unprecedented. It was unnecessary. And it's obscene, to be quite honest. It still is. It always will be. And those who took part in it, those who created the, uh, the warrant, or I should say the affidavit to get the warrant, need to be held accountable. Do you want to live in this country? How about this? I'll say to the liberals who are listening, or not even liberals, leftists. What if the shoe's on the other foot? Well, it doesn't matter because you guys don't have the wherewithal to even think that far ahead. All you care about is the destruction of your enemies. But eventually, the shoe will be on the other foot. And I uh, guarantee you that if Republicans take both houses of Congress, I think there are about 70 million people who are going to do their level best to make sure that shoe is on the other foot and there is hell to pay for all of the nonsense that we've had to go through as a country for the last several years. Donald Trump had a wonderful rally in uh, Mesa, Arizona. It was on Newsmax over the weekend. And one of the things he did, he did this big bumble montage of uh, of uh, Joe Biden, and I'm going to play a little uh, little piece of it. Listen to this. This is just brilliant, and I'll, I'll explain why uh, and how maybe uh, part of our approach to the left needs to change a little. So we had just a little quick video made up. Would you like to see it? <laughs> how would you say your mental focus is? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I say it's, I think it's. I, I haven't. Look. Let's get ready to bumble! I think it's a right for people that bad at health care. Chewing in and out of depression. God, I said, that go, Michael. I can't believe I said that. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. You already put it. I was going to put him in uh, foot. And Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, 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 wait. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. I'll uh, I'll post it on social media. But I was thinking over the weekend. Um, one of the things I try to do here <clears throat> every day is to digest the previous 24 hours or several days and uh, and bring them to the fore and do them in a way that is uh, uh, informative and entertaining. And I use and have used since I started uh, in 1989 in broadcasting and I started writing for Rush Limbaugh right after that. Uh, I've used humor to uh, not only disarm my political opposition, but also make fun of people who are being absurd. And what Donald Trump did right there is something that he's very good at, and that is the art of ridicule. And the left has ridiculed us forever. Uh, they call us uh, deniers. That's a, that's a form of ridicule and all of that. But the thing is, their ridicule is based on nothing. Their ridicule is like schoolyard bully kind of ridicule. ridicule. And, and I think that we need to up our game a little bit and not only take these people very, very, very seriously, because what they're doing to the country, the suffering they've already caused, is immensely, immensely Powerful. What they've done to our children in schools. I've got a story later in the show, if I get to it, about how children's speech has been impacted so dramatically because their teachers have had stupid masks on for two years. So we have to take the left very seriously, don't get me wrong. But we also need to ridicule and shame them. Even if they don't have shame, and they really don't have any shame. 
I think that's one of the uh, the tools in our uh, arsenal that we need to use, and that is ridicule. I'll use satire. Don't get me wrong, but I'm also going to, in my in my in my own way, ridicule them for the absurdity of what they perpetrated on the American people. Now, one of the things I've said about the Democrat tr- Democrat Party and the left trying all sorts of things, and they're trying to electioneer in the whole deal in states like Wisconsin. Don't get me wrong. They're trying to do all the same crap they did in 2020. And, yes, I believe 2020 was stolen because I'm not stupid. And because I'm the only person in America, I guess, who said, you know, I can have an opinion about the 2020 election, and it can be that I thought it was stolen. But a lot of talk radio people just said, oh, no, we can't say that. Oh, we can't say that. Really? If it's your opinion, you could say it. Democrats are operating a series of 51 fake news websites pushing left-wing stories in toss-up states in a bid to turn the midterms to their favor. They've created publications like the Milwaukee Metro Times doesn't exist, the Tri-City Record, and the Mecklenburg Herald. All of those are completely made up. This should be illegal. It is illegal as far as I'm concerned, and uh, this is the kind of crap they're pulling. On the way, Corey Lewandowski, you do not want to leave your radio or smart device. This is The Rob Carson Show. Time to put critical race theory in critical condition. It's The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show, and it is an action-packed Monday Dr. Michael Savage next hour makes his return to radio. First time in two years. Going to talk about why he left and all of that stuff, so don't leave. But we got another A-lister on the show, Corey Lewandowski, former senior advisor to President Donald Trump with his election in 2020 and campaign manager in 2016, joins us on the phone from Fort Myers. You're in Fort Myers this morning. How are you, sir? Well, I'm doing great, but I'll tell you this, you know, I I have to give such praise to the people of Fort Myers and Naples who took a direct hit from Hurricane Ian less than two weeks ago. And what I've seen since I've been down here is neighbor helping neighbor, friend helping friend, people who have realized that their lives have been changed for forever. And all of their worldly possessions that were in their homes have been destroyed. And you know what they're doing? They're out in their neighbor's yard helping them rebuild before they're rebuilding themselves. It is the very, very best that America has to offer. Corey, that means a lot to uh, to me, and I, I'll bet it is going to make a lot of difference uh, to the uh, a lot to the American people because one of the things that the left has been trying to do since about 1968 is get us to hate America. And, and the goodness is still there, the pure goodness of the American people that has made us the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind is still there, despite the anthem kneelers, despite the academicians, despite the corruption of the federal government. Um, tell me about uh, how you got down there, uh, what's going on. I understand that almost 100% of power has been returned to all of the area affected, which is incredible. Uh, uh, it looks like Governor DeSantis... Re, with his the, the people in charge uh, have built a bridge between Pine Island and the mainland in less than a week, which is amazing. What else are you seeing down there in uh, in Fort Myers? And tell us about just Fort Myers. I heard it was basically wiped off the map. Well, it really took an absolute direct hit. And, you know, the people of Fort Myers are obviously very resilient. But what you're seeing here, Rob, and, you know, maybe, you know, you hate to see a hurricane have to bring people together like this, but yeah. it doesn't matter your race or your religion your creed or your politics, what people are doing is they're helping their neighbors. And and what you're seeing in every community that have been going around to 
is the only way I can describe is describe it is it looks like a bomb went off from the oh, wealthiest boy. homes yeah. to the poorest of homes. Everybody has all of their worldly possessions on their sidewalk or on their front yard. And you see elderly people who need assistance having that help from the neighbors next door. You see people who, um, you know, might not be able to to clean out their homes being assisted from their neighbors and wow. everybody coming together as a community. Wow. It is to me, it's very reminiscent of September 12th of 2001, when right after the 9-11 attacks, when everybody joined forces, joined together to say that to be an American is what we are really geared to be here. It's what we're seeing across Southwest Florida. You know, the airport is back open. We had this dog and pony show of Joe Biden coming down and pretending to care. (laughs) You know, look, all we ask for in Southwest Florida is give us 10% 10% of the money you've given the Ukraine people yes. will rebuild the community better than ever before. Yeah, and, and I'm going to tell you, I grew up and I live in Tornado Alley, uh, Corey Lewandowski. Uh, so it, it, when you look at the damage of, say, for instance, Joplin, Missouri. Joplin, Missouri happened. 168 people died. It was about 11 years ago. But you take Joplin, Missouri, and you make it into a band of communities about, what, 80 to 100 miles wide and across the state of Florida. So that kind of damage. And I think it's amazing what you're saying is that the American people have haven't given in to the cynical viewpoint of America that the mainstream media and the Democrat Party have of our country and its people, have they? They, they have not. And, and maybe sometimes it takes a tragedy to remember that. Yeah. But you see churches that are so important in our communities helping people. You see, you know, shelters helping people. You see the people who are more fortunate than others helping people. And look, there are going to be people, you know, there was some looting and the sheriff stepped in and said, if you're looting a home and you're here illegally, not only are we going to lock you up, we're going to deport you. And you heard another sheriff in Florida say, you break into somebody's home and you try and steal their goods after this tragedy, I hope they shoot you full of holes. Wow. There's a law and order society which yes. takes place. Yes. And it's so important to remember that this is what makes America better than every other country in the whole world is coming together to help your fellow neighbor in the time of tragedy. And that's what we're seeing happen in Florida. Yeah. And all the while, the American uh, government, the federal government is going after uh, your former boss, uh, President Trump. We also know, and it appears to be very clear, the FBI was complicit in several election cycles, particularly in 2016 and 2020. 2016 when they were involved in the hiring of Igor Danchenko uh, with regard to Russia collusion, which was made up and paid for by the DNC, Hillary Clinton, and the FBI. Uh, Let's talk about that election first and FBI interference in that election as you were the uh, the campaign manager for Donald Trump then. Did you have any idea what they were doing? Look, we, we didn't know. We weren't given defensive briefings as would have been accustomed to. The FBI didn't come in and brief Corey Lewandowski as the campaign manager and say, we think there's some type of Russian interference going on because none of that was happening. You know, Comey, Clapper and Brennan, the triumvirate of our intelligence community during the 2016 election, made every possible mistake available to them. And they did it time and time again. They look what Strzok and Page, the lovers, as Donald Trump would call them had an insurance policy to make sure Donald Trump yep. was never reelected. Uh, they, the FBI, and I hate to say this, yeah. has become an organization which is political first and law and order second. And it is very difficult for me as a person who got involved in politics because he wanted to make America great again, to make sure that we could put America first, to see what this federal government is doing specifically less than two months ago They sent 40 FBI agents out around this country, and they served warrants on 35 different people all at the exact same time for complete intimidation. 
They arrested Peter Navarro, a good friend yep. of mine, inside an airport yep. to make a spectacle of him. They no-knock warrant, you know, Paul Manafort's house and Roger yep. Stone's house. Look, Robbie Mook, who was the campaign manager to Hillary Clinton in 2016, testified under oath that Hillary Clinton, this was her idea to blame everything on Russia. Not only did he never get charged with a crime, nor did Hillary Clinton or anybody else in that campaign. And the one time an FBI agent who was lying on FISA warrants got in trouble, he got a slap on the wrist, suspended for, you know, two seconds, yeah. and is still working at the FBI today. Yeah. yeah. Now, Corey Lewandowski, I, I have been saying from the uh, the get-go that uh, with regard to the uh, the uh, uh, collusion between Donald Trump and, and Russia, the day that that was announced, that there was collusion, I said the that would be that would make no sense. Donald Trump was a hawk on trade. He was a hawk on defense. And Bill, Hillary Clinton had already been bought and paid for. Her foundation got $150 million from Russian oligarchs following the Uranium One deal. I said it would make no sense at all for Russia to be uh, to be interested in Donald Trump being the president, but Hillary Clinton had already been bought and paid for. What do you think of that? It's 100% true. Look, the numbers don't lie. And what do we know when Donald Trump was the president? Russia feared us. Our enemies you know, respected us. Our allies returned our phone calls. Joe Biden comes into the White House. They don't. They just laugh at us. <laughs> they, our enemies are walking all over us. Our allies don't return phone calls. Joe Biden shaking hands with the air half the time. His wife has to tell him which way to walk on and off a stage. I mean, the guy's lost. He says, "Let me, you know, let me say two words." Made in America. Well, I counted. I went to a public school. That's three words. I mean, this guy is so out of his depth. He doesn't know what's going on. And when no. Donald Trump was the president, yeah. all we heard about was Russia collusion. Donald Trump is a bot yeah. paid for by he's a Russian agent. Oh, my God. He stole secrets in the White House. It is all the false narrative that yeah. the, the media has destroyed their own credibility because the lies yeah. they per perpetrated against Donald Trump. Now, Corey Lewandowski, and I, 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 when it comes to 2020, it, it, it appears, and without a doubt, the FBI was involved in either intimidating and working directly with Facebook and Twitter, presumably YouTube, certainly the mainstream media, to, uh, to uh, throw that e election. Uh, they, they shut down the story of Hunter Biden's laptop. The FBI did. Uh, what would you like to see? Well, first of all, your thoughts on the 2020 election, which, by the way, I have said was stolen from day one. You know why? Because I'm not stupid. Uh, but also uh, the FBI working with Facebook and uh, and social media to shut down the Hunter Biden laptop story. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Look, I give Joe Rogan enormous props yes. for breaking this story, right? I mean, look, yes. this guy just brings Mark Zuckerberg in, and Mark Zuckerberg says, oh, like, as a matter of course, like, everybody knew it. The FBI came into Facebook and said, don't promulgate a story about Hunter Biden's laptop. What? What are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. Was, by the way, that story was broken. Your listeners must remember this. By the fourth largest newspaper in America, yep. and if you attempted to retweet that or share it on Facebook, you were banned or chastised or, or shadow banned because they said it wasn't a true story. Well, it was 100% true, and only after the old gray lady who for some reason gets to determine what is and isn't news, <laughs> yeah. the New York Times says that it's true. Now every major media outlet says it's true, but hey, it didn't have an outcome in the election. We know it's not true. We know the FBI is a corrupt organization. We know that from the very top of it, through a number of the rank and file people, they have lost their way. I don't know what the solution is to fix the FBI, but I will tell you this. Yeah. You know, if when my daughter has the opportunity to get married, if she has to marry an FBI agent or a guy who's out working on the street every day with his hands, I'll tell you which one I'm picking every single time yeah. and twice on yeah. Sunday. I don't trust them. I think they're dishonest, and I think it's shameful the way they've run that 
agency for the last 30 years. It's uh, ridiculous, and uh, and it also includes the rate of uh, uh, pro-life protesters at abortion uh, uh, clinics that only offer abortion while uh, crisis pregnancy centers are being vandalized by the dozens, by the over 100 around the country, and the FBI is doing nothing about it. Corey Lewandowski, I'll just say, I think the FBI needs to be blown up figuratively and reinvented. I think the same needs to be said of the, of the DHS, of the HHS, of the CDC, of the NIH. I can go on and on. Did you have any idea how corrupt to the core the swamp was in all of these agencies when you were working with President Trump? I, I didn't know it, and candidly, either did Donald Trump. You don't realize how big the bureaucracy is, how these people who run the bureaucracy have a mentality. You rent for four years at the White House. We own the place. You may be, if you're lucky, here for eight years. We're here for 30. We decide. And I saw it time and time and time yeah. again where Donald Trump would give a lawful order, and those bureaucrats would simply say, we're not doing it. We'll wait him out, and they did. And you look at Anthony Fauci and how many lives are on him. How many people died because of the poor advice that he gave? What we now know is our children are less educated because of Anthony Fauci's yep. policies. We now saw in Florida, the, uh, the, the director of health in Florida said, stop taking this vaccine because it has adversarial effects if you're between 18 and 35 years old. We know that people die, continue to die every single yep. day because of Anthony Fauci. Yep. He has the worst record in health in the last hundred years of any professional. And he goes on TV and tells you how great he is. Yeah. I mean, and the media, the media allows it. Yeah. I am so disgusted by how deep the swamp is. So is Donald Trump. That's why we need a fighter back in the White House who isn't beholden yep. to the political class or to that bureaucracy for their for their livelihood. Uh, let me ask, because we're running out of time here, Corey Lewandowski, what do you think about November the 8th? Because I have a feeling uh, that there is a tsunami of epic precautions coming, and I don't only just want to see Republicans swept into the power. I want hell to pay for all of these agencies that have done all of these abuses and usurpations, including illegality, with regard to Trump and his supporters. What are your thoughts about what's coming in November? Well, and I've said this, Rob, many times. I said, listen, we've got an opportunity in November to take back the House and take back the Senate. But when the Republicans are sworn into the majority in January, they better start holding hearings and holding people accountable. Because if they don't, don't call me again next year. Don't call me again in 2023 yep. and 2024 and say, hey, next time we'll fix it. I demand respect and and, and absolutely require accountability yep. for these people who've used the government against us and have never been held accountable. And Jimmy Jordan is going to be the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. It looks like Kevin McCarthy is going yes. to be the Speaker of the House. We're going to take back the Senate, but they better hold people accountable or else there will be accountability oh, there's for them be, as well. They're going to be held to pay. Well, I'm going to tell you, Corey Lewandowski, I appreciate you joining me today. And I'm going to also mention, I'm a farm boy from Iowa, uh, you know, and, and uh, I just, I'm envious of you, to be quite honest. That you are in Fort Myers, you are you are helping out. I I I would imagine that it is so ungodly rewarding to you compared to anything you could do, to be there helping out those in need in Fort Myers as an American. Well, look, it's I'm sweating like a dog to be very honest with you because it's about ninety degrees with about a hundred percent humidity. Yeah, but you know what? I'm an yeah. able-bodied guy who wants to go out and help his community, and it's not even my community, yeah. but I see the devastation, yeah. and this is what people do. They come in and they help. Look, uh, Reverend Graham was down here with uh, hundreds of volunteers doing the same thing. Yeah. So any little thing you can do to pitch in, I ask people to do it. See, this is what happens when you have a truck. You get friends, they ask you to move, and then when a disaster happens, is that the problem? you got a truck, don't you? Is that the <laughs> I do. I have a pickup truck. Of course I do. Right? Well, you I don't do. have one of those crappy electric ones, do you? 
never. No, right. Mine's a gas guzzling. It's called, it's called the Raptor. Maybe you've heard of oh, it. Oh hell, it's you've a got big a Raptor Ford pickup truck that drives over little cars. Yeah, I know. I'm getting I'm getting my uh, my Broncos being built this week after a year, by the way. So, all right, uh, Corey Lewandowski, thanks for joining me, man. Thanks for what you're doing down there. I know you're on Twitter and Facebook at C, C. Lewandowski. God bless you, brother, and I hope to have you on again soon. Thank you. All right, take care of yourself. Let's take a break. You're listening to the Rob Carson Show. If you're down with trigger warnings, you might want to listen to something else. It's the Rob Carson Show. One of the most, uh, the biggest names in talk radio, uh, a controversial to some individual, one of the greatest talk show hosts in talk radio history, Dr. Michael Savage, joins us at the top of next hour. And uh, we are going to talk about radio. He was on radio for 26 years. And in that time, he became one of the biggest names in, in broadcasting. Uh, he, he definitely is uh, very honest and forthright. And uh, he wants to talk to you. Particularly if you listened to his radio show, here's our hotline number. It's 800-922-6680. I would suggest if you'd like to talk to Dr. Savage that you call now. Because uh, the phones are going to light up. And uh, as I said, he would like to uh, talk. I think this is one of the, uh, the things that he misses the most about being on radio is the interaction with his listeners. A lot of the times when you, uh, when you, are, when you leave broadcasting, if, if it's on your own terms or otherwise, you, you leave and your audience is left in limbo. I, I mean, I can't even tell you the number of times I, I've been fired three or four times. And you're never given the, the chance to say goodbye. You're never given the chance to say, I'm over here. You just disappear. The same thing happened to an entire radio station last week in San Francisco, KGO. One of the legendary talkers. And suddenly they're going, apparently they're going like, sports betting is what it is? They're going to a sports betting format? What the hell is that all about? So we're going to get to all of those things uh, in the next hour, the last hour of the show. We're going to talk about radio. And again, here's the number. It is uh, 800-922-6680 if you would like to talk to uh, Dr. Michael Savage. China, and this is not a big surprise, began stockpiling personal protective equipment months before the COVID-19 outbreak, according to former and current U.S. government officials. In March of 2020, I said that COVID would be the biggest scam ever perpetrated on the, uh, on the people of America and the world. Because I knew it was going to be overplayed in 2020 because 2020 was 2020 because it was 2020. But listen to this. The damning accusation stemmed from analysis conducted by Dr. Tom, McG Tom McGinn and Colonel John T. Hoffman. McGinn is a senior health advisor at the Department of Homeland Security. They uh, did not believe the narrative that COVID emerged from the uh, Wuhan wet market. But they did notice that China began piling up PPE way before China notified the WHO about COVID. To the point that in America, uh, some of the largest health systems, including HCA Healthcare, noted that they didn't have enough hospital uh, gowns, gloves, drapes, and whatnot. They were all in short supply September of 2019. They were on back order. Why, were that, why was that happening? Because China was hoarding them. Because China knew something we didn't. China knew something we did not. 
and I have said, and even John Stewart, John Stewart even said, duh. It's like seeing a, you know, uh, 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 a, a, a factory worker leaving uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania, and his and his clothes are covered with chocolate. And you say, "Are they making chocolate in Hershey, Pennsylvania?" And the guy goes, "No, I have no idea what you're talking about. There's no chocolate in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I don't know what you're talking about." We will have uh, much more on this, and of course, uh, Doctor Michael Savage next hour eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. Let's take a break. You're listening to the Rob Carson Show. They called us deplorables. We're not gonna take it. They shut down our country. No, we ain't gonna take it. They say our thoughts are disinformation. We're not gonna take it anymore. We will not go quietly into the night. You tell them I'm coming. We will not vanish without a fight. And hell's coming with me, you hear? Today, hell's coming with me. We celebrate our Independence Day. This is our response the Rob Carson Show. Every month. Here is the brand new intro to the show. For 26 years, he ruled talk radio. He is a visionary. But since we live in a whipped over, boiled down, psychopathically liberal nation, you actually think you're making sense. He is a pariah to some on the left. Don't tell me what I would do. Tell me what you and your distorted anti-Americanism would do. Do you hate America that much? You're a traitor! But one thing is for sure. He tells the truth. <laughs> Today, he returns to the radio for the first time since his departure. He is a scientist, a best-selling author, a member of the Radio Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to introduce Dr. Michael Savage. Blue Monday. And there's Blue Monday. And there is Dr. Michael Savage. Hello, sir. How are you? Welcome to the Rob Carson Show. Can you hear me okay? Dr. Dr. Savage, can you hear me, sir? All right. So, uh, Dr. Michael Savage, hello. How are you, sir? Can you hear me okay? Uh, now I can. I heard the last bit of uh, Fats Domino. <laughs> you did. Well, we played the new intro with the Metallica, because I know you're Metallica. And then I, I, you, you had mentioned that you wanted to hear Blue Monday with Fats Domino. Uh, but I thought, you know, Blue Monday is good, but I wanted to really put it in perspective. Uh, the guy we have on the radio, and that is you, Dr. Michael Savage. I want to join. Uh, thank you for joining me today. It means a lot knowing that today is the first time you've returned to broadcast radio. Um, and, and also, I want to mention something, if I may. My son, I said, I got Dr. Michael Savage on the show. You know who Michael Savage is. And my son's 22, and he said, well, yeah, Dad, you made me listen to him every day in our car for years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I brainwashed the whole generation. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Unfortunately, but... there were too many trans listening, so I had no children, Rob. <laughs> And as a result, we're not we're not necessarily going to win in the midterms. <laughs> well, you know what? I, I got to tell you, I, I think that perhaps the millennials are lost, but I have a little more. I know this is crazy, but I believe that uh, Gen Z may uh, be helpful. They won't they won't save us. I think Generation X and, and boomers like yourself, we're the ones who are going to save the country. And I'm optimistic. Um, welcome back. I to don't know who's going to save the country uh, when Biden is saying I have two good words for you made in america and he doesn't know where he is <laughs> yes. and he he's just given out two hundred twenty-five thousand cell phones to illegal aliens 
Can you believe this, Rob? Now, what, why did he? Here's what I have to say. The reason why he did that is because he can tell them where to vote. He can tell them how to get an ID. He can tell them where to get benefits. What do you think about that? I have a more nefarious view of things. Really? I believe that the enemy within is so deeply in, entrenched. Yeah. They want to make sure that the drug money is flowing back up where, uh, where it's supposed to go to the top of the hill. Huh? How many of these people are drug dealers? They look like hardcore drug addict, drug dealers to me. Yeah. Strong, sturdy, young mid Central American men. Yeah. What are we doing here? I don't know. Anyway, let's not talk about yeah. politics, Rob. Let's have, let's talk let's radio. have fun. Let's talk about radio. So you, you uh, left radio a couple years ago. Last time I knew it was some contractual whatever. We don't need to get in the exact uh, uh, reason why you left the airwaves. Yeah, unless well, you, you would like to share a little bit about that. It's an interesting question, and without going into it, because... Um, it's not about contract. My contract was up yes. with uh, Cumulus, who has now destroyed one of their greatest radio stations that they inherited. Yeah. They turned KGO off in San Francisco, yeah. which was a 50,000-watt heritage station, and the morons who run Cumulus in the middle of a show turned it off the other day. Yeah. They were destroying it by putting on, let us say, people without much to offer from the progressive side on KGO. For years, people were screaming, put someone on with talent, even if it's progressive. Someone with talent, no talent, zero, ran it off the ground yeah. and killed it, ruined the radio station. Cumulus will eventually ruin the entire network, and then it will be sold. The stations will be broken up and sold to people who know how to run radio. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, it's interesting because uh, I've been in radio. You've been in radio, actually. You, were, you started in 1994. I started in 1989, so I knew right away what I wanted to do. I wanted to be an entertainer. Uh, and, and I did music radio for a number of years. You jumped into radio in 1994. Um, how did radio change? Um, I don't know if it's, it didn't really change for the better. Uh, but how, how did it change during your time on the, on the airwaves? With, uh, well, when I went into radio, Rob, I was already in my 50s. It was my fourth or fifth major career. Yeah. And that's a whole story for another time. It's a little tedious of how I got into radio. But I went into radio, and it took off immediately in liberal San Francisco. In fact, I was on KGO on my first show on an overnight show, and I was filling in for a guy who was extremely leftist, who I rarely listen to, and I got such hate callers because I was talking about the destruction of America through affirmative action and immigration in 94. The callers were so hateful, which I had not encountered. Yeah. Remember, I was the nice Dr. Savage herbalist, <laughs> a health consultant. All of a sudden, I get hatred on the air. Driving home five in the morning from this overnight show, I'm totally paranoid. Looking in the mirror, I see cars following me. <laughs> I get home, get in the bed, lock the door crank the shotgun, get up for breakfast with the family, and I say, I'm never doing talk radio again. I don't care what they offer me. Well, they called me 9 in the morning. You want to do radio? The lines were lit wow. up. I said, no, I'm not doing radio. I'll never do an overnight show. So they gave me a day show. That's how that worked. Well, this is, I mean, you suffer a lot of slings and arrows when you uh, expose yourself on the radio, when you expose your ideology. And when you, in San Francisco, it must have been uh, a, a, a gigantic, an earth-shattering moment for people in San Francisco radio, for one of San Francisco's own, although you're from New York, to, uh, to take the airwaves and say the things that you said. It must have been, I mean, it must have been an earthquake. In, uh, in it, was, it, was a it was a shock, you know, as I said before, it, it, did, it, it was like, what the hell is this? Where is this hatred coming from? And that's when I was introduced to the hatred of the left. Intolerant, full of hate, bigoted, closed-minded. Uh, it was astounding yeah. to listen to this. 
But anyway, I then went into radio on a fill-in shows, daily sh- day shows. Then they offered me my own show on KSMO. And be- Rob, I got to tell you, the 26 years went by in a flash. Yeah. I look back, I don't know where the years went. I, I don't know where they went. Now, since that leaving radio at the end of the two that year, whenever that year was, 2019, mm-hmm. or something like I don't know the year. I can't. Yeah, right around 2020, know. right between 2020 and 2019, uh, 2019 to 2020. No, my last show was in December of 2020, I believe. Okay. I remember. Okay. And, and look, and here's look. something no one knows, Rob, and I'm going to give you a nugget that okay. no one knows about. I had a heart attack December 9th wow. of that year. And I went back on the radio. No one knows this. Two days later, doctor said, don't do it. You'll die. I was so attached to my audience. I went back on the air. Luckily, I was having, you know, it was Christmas holidays coming up. I knew I'd get a two-week break. I went on the radio for two days. No one knew I was sick. And I recovered in the two weeks after. And then I went back on the radio uh, for the rest of the month. There were no other shows. And I think... uh, if I remember correctly, I think you were right about the year. I actually did a year after that. Yeah. It was in 2020 that I did another full year yeah. recovering from uh, that, that traumatic event again. And um, here we are. And then when the end of that contract year was up, I went into podcasting. Yeah. Which, by the way, Rob, we had planned for two years, Ryan and Doug and Karen. Yeah. People think you can just jump into podcasting. No. <laughs> you know, 10-year-olds have a podcast. No one listens to it, and there are no ads. <laughs> yes. I went into it on a roll with a full advertising agency, and we're doing great. We're in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. I want to thank my listeners who may be listening to the show and your listeners for uh, supporting our podcast. And I want to ask you, Rob, if I may, are there any callers on the line right now? We've got Randall in Pacific Grove, California, who listened to you from the beginning in San Francisco. Randall, say hi to Dr. Michael Savage. Hello, Dr. Savage. It's been a long time. Yeah, I remember the 90s. Sounds like a mosquito. And, and I'm telling you. It sounded like I, a mosquito want, buzzing in my ear, not a person. I couldn't hear him, by the way. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're we're going to have to figure out a way to get Dr. Savage some headphones or something because we do oh. have, we got a lot of people lined up here. We've got uh, Ed and Victor. We have headphones, but what do we plug them into? Uh, I'm not. Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, hold on a second, Randall. We'll figure this out. We'll figure this out because, okay. Doctor, I know that a lot of people are um, um, are, are waiting to talk to you. So we got to figure out this. Maybe we'll do it during the break. L- let me uh, let me say this. I-, I saw you with Jen Pellegrino last week. I watch you all the time when you're on Jen Pellegrino's show. I think she's dynamite. I think she's wonderful. Oh, she's the greatest. And I could tell, sir, that you miss radio. You miss the magic of radio, and I think, and I know more than anything, you miss the people. You miss the people who called you. I could see that, and you're, you're a pretty hardcore guy. You're pretty tough not to crack, but I could see in your eyes you, you, you miss that connection with people who called your show. What does it mean? What do those callers mean? What does that connection mean to you? It is the most important part of talk radio for me, and it's the one thing I miss in podcasting and even Newsmax TV. I love Newsmax TV because I have two people to talk to, Jen and whoever's sitting with her. So I have an audience of two. And because I'm a part ham, all performers are part hams, (laughs) no matter who they are. uh, I have an audience. I have Jen and whoever is on there. And I talk to them and they're my audience. And it makes me more alive than when I'm doing a podcast and talking into a screen to myself like a lunatic in a a nuthouse. I mean, podcasts are hard because there's no audience. I know. And talk radio was my extended family, Rob. You know, as a professional in the field. I called it the Savage Nation because yeah. I created a world, literally my own world, 
And I drew together like-minded people from around the country into the Savage Nation. And it became enormous because I wasn't alone. I found out that my thoughts were not so crazy after all. Yeah. The media made us think we're all stupid, crazy, nuts, and out there. We were the majority. And we still are the majority, yeah. the way we think. Um, we're still the majority. I, I think we are, too. And I think, <clears throat> and I think one of the things that the left has uh, failed to do, Dr. Savage, is convince us all to hate America. Uh, they've been trying. You talk red diaper dope for babies. I call them the class of 1968. <laughs> I call them the class of 1968. They're the class that uh, they're Bill Ayers and er Bernadine Dorn. Their progeny, Barack Obama, they've been out to change the country. But I know in my heart that people don't hate America. That ten, about 10% of the population is driving the ins insanity that we call the left. What do you think about that? Well, there are people who hate their parents. And uh, they're, they're the, not the norm. Yeah. They're the anomaly. They're the outliers. Unfortunately, when you have psychopaths in the media who grew up as red diaper Dover babies, parents were hardcore socialists, agitators, left-wingers, uh, burn the flag, spit on the flag, hate the military, hate the police. And then you take a look at Anderson Cooper, for example. Yeah. I'm giving an example. Yeah. Or, or the worst one is Jake Tapper, who is so self-righteous <laughs> it's hard to even watch him, yes. how smart he thinks he is. Yeah. They ought to get him an extra pair of glasses to make him look even more intelligent. <laughs> Frankly, they have the brains of Kim Kardashian without the, uh, the plastic <laughs> surgery to go with it. And, Rob, the truth is they are the minority. They're a small minority, yeah. and they're destroying the world, not just America. Yeah. Well, we're going to pick up on this. I've got a lot of things I want to ask you about radio. I want to ask you what got you into radio, what you did before radio. I'm fascinated by this. Let's try and see if we can get the, the phone call things uh, situated so you can hear the phone calls because we have a lot of people who want to talk to you. So let's go ahead and t take a break. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. More with Dr. Michael Savage in a moment on The Rob Carson Show. Joe Biden and the Democrats caused a 40-year high inflation. When factories that make these ships shut down, ships shut down. Because we're not stupid. It's the Rob Carson Show. Dr. Michael Savage is on the phone with us right now. Uh, and it's his first uh, appearance on radio since he departed radio about two years ago. Doctor, welcome back. Thanks for joining me. Um, I, I, I began as a comic book salesman. I made a list of jobs that I had before talk radio. Really? Uh, before those 20, my first job was a comic book salesman at age five, Rob. Oh, really? And well, we lived in the Bronx. We were poor. And I used to look at these comic books, which are worth a fortune today. Yeah. And we were going to throw them out. My father would say, I'll tell you what, I'll show you marketing. Get a crayon and put it through the 10 cents on top and put five cents on it. Put a crate out in front of the apartment building and <laughs> sell your comics at five cents. The kids lined up down the block to buy my pre-read comics for five cents. That's when I realized capitalism works. Very nice. Um, you know, you and I have several things in common. I started as an entrepreneur when I was a kid. I sold stuff door to door. I sold greeting cards. <laughs> I sold all sorts of crap. And my mom would get so mad. And listen to this. When I was a kid, my mom decided one year to knit uh, house slippers. And she gave me a beer flat with a string around my neck to go into my hometown in Neola, Iowa. So I went in, and she let me out with this, all these uh, house slippers. And I came back with orders for 300 and she said, well, "Why don't you go to work with my pillow and sell Rob's slippers?" <laughs> Thank you. Know what I should? I should. But I was that. And then also, I want to mention this because you had a heart attack. I had a heart attack when I was thirty-one years old. Oh no! I I got strep throat and I threw a blood clot. 
And, oh. and I went from bench pressing 350 pounds to walking on a treadmill at one mile per hour. Uh, Wait at, a minute. At 31, you were 31? I was 31 years old. Yeah. Did you ever, ever have a second? No, no. I'm, I'm healthy as a horse. I've got clean veins. And fortunately, I didn't have any major um, damage to the heart muscle, which is what, right. you, what you deal with. You went through right. that two years ago. It was a life-changing experience for me. How, how about you? I mean, how are you feeling right now? We're going to sound like two old men on a bench I know, in Brooklyn. I know. So, how's your prostate? How's no, your prostate? So how you? oh, not good. <laughs> the veins are hurting me a little. I can't go to the bathroom. It's just not as good. There's nothing coming out. But no, she I, told I, me to do this. We don't want to be like that on the bench nah, in Sheik's Head Bay. Nah. Let's talk about... But you're not 31 anymore. How no. old are you? I'm 56 you? years old. And what, do you follow? Do you watch your diet, Rob, and all that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You, you uh, take anti-cholesterol meds and no, all that? No, I don't have a... It was a blood clot when I was 31. Okay, so you, your, yeah. yours was more accidental. Yeah, it was more accidental. Um, let's talk about... Uh, I mentioned off the air, and you didn't know, I wrote Rush Limbaugh's comedy for about 22, 23 years until Kit Carson died. Unbelievable. I know you're not a fan of Rush Limbaugh. I was no, a, no, God rest I, his soul. I would never say anything bad about a dead man. And the fact is, he did kick the door open. For a lot of us, including myself, that is true. But as far as the the show goes, I think the bits that I now learned you wrote were the best part of the show. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I, I think the problem, and, and I think you ushered in uh, a lot of people to talk radio. Rush uh, ushered in a lot of people into talk radio. Um, I want to ask you how you think you got to be the breathe the rare air of not only syndicated radio, but the upper echelon of what I'd call radio royalty because you're this guy you're a doctor i mean dear god you got a phd from uh, uh uc berkeley uh nutritional right. ethnomedicine and you it's real you passed 99 percent of people in broadcasting to become one of no the, it's true the best how well, i'll tell you the differential how? why first how? of all god gave me a very good voice which he can take away from me any anytime he wants remember voice is is your instrument you have a great radio voice and a great TV voice. Uh, also, timing, Rob. We share that in common. You have very good timing, if I must say that. Thank you. As far as my own radio career goes, I think what set me apart was not only my actual passion for America, but also the fact that I could shift gears in a millisecond and yeah. go from hard politics when I said, okay, it's enough, yes. and go to a family story growing up in New York. People like yes. the, the variety show. The diversity, I hate the word diversity, the versatility is a better word, of my background. And I, can I sh throw this in? Because for yeah. your show today, I made a list of all the jobs I've had. Please. In no particular order. And that would be comic book salesman, floor sweeper, statue cleaner, wow. mortuary assistant, teacher, social worker, wow. science consultant, dishwasher, busboy, book editor, clothing store salesman, ice cream factory line worker. What? Postman, chauffeur, butcher boy, real estate salesman in the Bahamas, Alzheimer's research scientist, plant collector, talk radio host, and I think some others. And when I wrote this down last night after three scotches after dinner, I was feeling no pain, as Jackie Gleason would say. Yes. I felt good for a few seconds. I wrote these jobs down, and then I said, wait, I can do it on Rob's show tomorrow. And being a podcaster, always looking for ideas, I said, 
bingo, you have another podcast, all the jobs I've ever <laughs> yes, had. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, you know, I started out a farm boy from Iowa, by the way. I have uh, nothing in common with you. I have nothing in common with Donald Trump, by the way. Uh, but I still find, uh, you know, you, you're fascinating. Your story is fascinating. I've done, I've done everything from working in the fields to uh, being a short order cook. That's one of the reasons why I cooked. And I'll tell you why I think you were so successful, and you just explained it. It's connection. It's your connection. And when you talk about things like you're, you're living in New York and you talk about your life, you connect. Well, I want to cover this. I want to talk a little bit more about this in a second, and we'll try to get the phone call thing straightened out. Dr. Michael Savage, if you could hold on, I greatly appreciate that. Uh, more with Dr. Michael Savage making his radio return today, coming up on The Rob Carson Show. His first grade teacher said he talked out of turn. Worse after he's missed a day. Well, things haven't changed. It's the Rob Carson Show. Joining us on the phone is Dr. Michael Savage. He left radio two years ago after being on the air for 26 years. And, uh, Doctor, I want to thank you for joining me. You, you sent me a note. I hope you don't mind if I mention you, uh, you saw my TV show this weekend and you said you laughed. And that meant I a did. lot to me. And you said you don't laugh anymore. <laughs> What's there to laugh at? <laughs> yeah, why, why don't you? What, I, 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 I understand, but why? I, There's it, no fun in the world. The fun's gone out. The world's almost about to be blown up. Everyone's full of hate. We've got a, a, a psychopath running the country. doesn't know where he is, what stage he's on. I mean, we, other than the stages of Alzheimer's that he's in. And complete liars in the media with rare exception. Okay. And you say to yourself, how long can this go on until everything collapses, right? Yeah. Now we wake up this morning and we see that not only has it gone from bad to worse, but yeah. from worse to ins worse insanity. Who gives illegal aliens 225,000 iPhones for free? Mm. But a, wait, a government that is the enemy within. Yeah. I mean, they're on the side of the other side. They're not on this side. Yeah. Well, you hear um, this this term, enemy of the state. Uh, the, the state is the enemy of the people right now, sir. Oh, boy, are they ever. Uh, but I'm going to tell you, I, I personally, without get diving into politics here, I'm optimistic for the country. I'm optimistic for what is happening November the 8th, and I can feel it. And the only thing that could prevent it is a possible right. theft of Thank the election. You. I don't think that's going to happen. And if they try to steal the election, Dr. Savage, I'm going to say there's going to be hell to pay. And, and I, we and keep I, hearing that, but I think that they know mm -hmm. that they can virtually get away with anything right now. They're so arrogant and drunk on their power. As you well know, power corrupts yeah. and absolute yeah. power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. And this is the absolutely most corrupt regime in the history of this country. And the answer is for one reason, Rob, mm -hmm. because of men like those in the media, the Anderson Coopers, the major media, their job is to be a thorn in the side of a corrupt government. Okay, yeah. they didn't give Trump a breath of air mm -hmm. for his mistakes and his non-mistakes. They made stuff up. Biden can do no wrong. No matter what he does, they either look the other way or tell us for years, for, for a year now or nine months now, we heard Putin's crazy, Putin's dying, Putin's sick, Putin's failing, Putin's nuts, Putin's deranged. Not one of them has ever said that Biden has yeah. senility or is showing senility. Yes. So how can we trust anything they say? We all know everything they say is through a, a distorted looking glass. Yeah. I, um, like I said, I'm, no, I'm not optimistic uh, at all. Uh, well, I, I, 
I am. I'm. That's just me personally. That's just me personally. Um, Did you just have a colonoscopy that gives you that clarity? <laughs> you know what I just found out this morning? You don't need it anymore. Yeah. That's what I read work. this morning. They don't. That, it's like the. It's like the. COVID, I was so thrilled. The COVID vaccine. I colonoscopy. I don't want yeah, to. I get, saw the study. It know, said that the studies of that not colonoscopies don't reduce the risk of colon cancer. Yeah. So I said, thank God I don't have to have that salami <laughs> put up my butt anymore. No, I, you know, I had the last colonoscopy I had was a number of years ago, and yes. I said I'll never do this again. Uh, it's the most humiliating thing that yeah. a man could subject himself to. Yeah, yeah. As and, I was out going out under the fentanyl, yes. And I turned around and saw the nurse approaching me with the large kielbasa. <laughs> I looked at her and I said, "Wait a minute, where am I? What part of the city did I wind up in? Am I in the, what district am I in?" Now you 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 have a but you have a doctorate. And and you have studied, and I remember one of the things that you used to talk about about going to islands and finding herbs. And I remember sitting here going, mm-hmm. and, and here's what the, and I alluded to this earlier. Here's what made your show different, sir, and it's connection. It's your connection to your audience. And I'm going to tell you, as someone who is a listener as well as a talk show host, the best segments. I mean, I love your opinion. Don't get me wrong, but when you talk about food. Even when you talked about what dinner you had, even when you talk about your little dog, Teddy, who passed away, may your, your pet rest in peace because they are a gift from God. But those were the things that connected you to us. They were. Well, the food. I'm a foodie. I know. I hear you talk I, about what pasta you bought last night, even if you said it was just okay. I still love yeah. that you talked about it. <laughs> you, know? you know, it's funny, but I still do. I have a Michael Savage YouTube channel, which I use for yeah. fun because yeah. you have a daily show. You work yeah. very hard. Yeah. I did the two podcasts, two Newsmax shows, but I still miss an audience. So when I want to talk to an audience, I turn on YouTube, I connect the phone into a stand, and I have my audience. There they are. Yeah. So if I I come back from synagogue after Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur feeling totally depressed from the service, all they do is talk about death and dying, and when you go to heaven, you come home, you want to commit suicide from from these (laughs) holidays. They're horrible. So I, I don't know what to do. So I have to revert to theatrics. I have to talk to my audience. Yeah. So... I, I do. I go on to that. and But some nights I have done cooking shows, Rob, yeah. in the kitchen. Yeah. They're hard to do Me holding too. the camera while cooking. Me too. I got you a cooking show? I got 100 cooking videos on the web. Oh, I I'm love serious. it. I'm serious. I, and I love, I love to cook. And I'll go live because you know what? I, I always like to say we can disagree on politics. We won't disagree on ribs unless you're a vegan. And if that's the case, you've got an eating disorder. And it really makes people <laughs> mad. It really makes people mad when I say that vegans have an eating disorder. If your doctor tells you that you have to be a vegan to save your life, cool. Otherwise, you're not meant to be a vegan. Am I right? Well, it's an interesting question because after I got sick, of course, I was always watching my diet like yes. a hawk. Yes. However, I must tell you, three months before uh, this event, several years ago, I started to say, you know, I've reached the age of uh, late 70s, and I read somewhere that if you don't have a heart attack by 77, you're not going to get one. I made that up, by the way. It was not written anywhere. <laughs> gotcha. And so I, st- I, started, I started eating complete crap again. I, oh. I went to the university club, and I never eat this stuff, and it was a Thanksgiving dinner two weeks before. Yeah. I ate plates of mashed potatoes, and I had not eaten mashed potatoes in years, full of cream and butter. <laughs> I had six servings of roast beef. I never eat roast beef. Six servings of turkey. It was nonstop eating. I went to a Chinese restaurant. Instead of eating healthfully, I ordered the duck and ate the fat. I mean, it was. I don't know yeah. what was going on. I was craving yeah. fat. Yeah. Well, okay. God said to me, good, have fun. Yeah. And the next thing I knew, there were the lights on the gurney overhead. You know, oh. I'm saying there is a relationship between food and health. Yeah. But veganism is an interesting question. Yeah. If you look at a lot of the, quote, vegan diets out there. Yeah. Uh, you're not doing yourself a favor for a couple of reasons. One, 
you're not getting the nutrients that you will get from, let us say, a mixed diet, which yes. is not to say an overly fatty or pro protein-rich animal diet. But more than that, if you look at like Beyond Meat, and I hope they don't advertise on your show. No, they don't. You know, you look at what they're made from. Wow. They're made from saturated coconut oil. Yes. And saturated. They take unsaturated fats from plants and saturate them to give it a meaty texture. Yep. You're actually doing more harm to your arterial system with some of these fake meats than you are by eating a hamburger, yeah. a low-fat hamburger. You know why? Because natural fat. Your grandmother knew this. Your mother knew this. My mother knew this. You keep a little can of bacon fat on the stove. You use real butter. You don't do use margarine. All of the stuff that we've ushered in, and we're going off subject, all of this fake crap, <laughs> all of this diet stuff, all these sugar substitutes have made us fattier and unhealthier. Well, I don't use sugar. I'm absolutely fanatic about sugar. I'll tell okay. you, that to me is the biggest killer, bigger than fat. People don't know that, but we shouldn't get too deep into the woods. In it, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Because as a child, I suffered migraines. Okay. And here's an interesting side that you want to get, relate to me. Sure. So I have these killer migraines, awful. I mean, killer. I had to stay in a bedroom. Everything had to be no light coming in. Uh, and then when I was 18, I started reading, 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 digging. And I found a weird Japanese book called George Osawa on macrobiotics. I had no idea what it was yeah. in my hippie era. And it was about diet. Yeah. And they said, if you have an illness, start the elimination diet. Eliminate one food at a time and see if your symptom disappears. Well, I tried everything. And when I stopped eating sugary pastries or anything with sugar, my head headaches went away. Wow. To this day, if I eat anything with, with sucrose in it, my right eye goes out. I mean, like, like one-eyed wow. Pete here. Wow. I can't see. Well, I don't particularly like uh, dessert. I always say if dessert were made of meat, I would eat dessert. So Interesting. I, I don't Where really did you get your sense of humor? Were you a funny kid in school? Um, yes. Yes. Um, I had a rough childhood. Uh, father left me when I was seven years old. Uh, had a stepdad. Had a lot of issues with the stepdad and the whole deal. Uh, I used mm. humor, I guess, for a defense mechanism. I was bullied when I was a mm. kid. Now, this is, I don't use, the, the name Carson is not a real uh, radio name. Uh, the reason why I use the name, Car it is a real radio name. It's not my real name. Um, but I use the name Carson because Johnny Carson was my idol growing up. And he also lived shortly before I was huh. born in Avoca, Iowa, near my hometown. And when they asked me when I got into radio in 1989, I said, you need a radio name so people won't call you at home. I said, okay, let's go with Carson. <laughs> Interesting. Well, let so, me ask you something. Yeah. You were bullied as a kid. Yeah. I was a short kid, even yeah. amongst short kids. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was short yeah. from my ethnic background. There was no one tall. Nobody looked like an American. Gotcha. But that's why I like the immigrants. They're my size, thank God. I finally feel normal. Yeah. When I talk to people from Guatemala, I'm not looking like up at them. We're yeah. looking into each other's eyes. Yes. So I understand <laughs> just because you're not particularly tall doesn't mean you're weak or small yeah. or minuscule. Yeah. Okay. What What was your bullet? Why were you bullied? I was fat. Oh, you were the fat I was kid. The fat kid. I was six feet tall and 245 in eighth grade. And if one kid couldn't oh. beat me up, six people could. And that's, what oh, they, no. and that's what they did. That's horrible. And that's what they did. I learned to tell jokes to avoid getting killed in the Bronx. There you go. Yeah. Not only was I short, but there were kids in elementary school at that time. You're in the first grade. I'm six years old. Yeah. Elementary school went up to the ninth grade then. There were boys 17 years old. <laughs> now, picture going into the bathroom to take <laughs> yes. a leak. Yes. And there's these, like, horrible blackboard jungle Kids with shirts rolled down under their arms, looking like James Dean smoking cigarettes. And you're this little six-year-old going in the <laughs> piss. So what I figured out, in order to not get killed, 
I got, I got to be real fast. I nice. go in and I would tell him jokes as fast as I could. Nice. I, you, you know the, the, the disarming method, Rob? I went oh, like yeah. this. Hey, I got to tell you something. That naturally, you go, hey, I got to tell you something. And they look at you. By the time they're looking, yeah. you're telling them a story, hocking them a china. You run to the urinal, do your business, and you're still talking with the one armor. I mean, the time you're out, they don't even know you're in there. Yes. Well, I say that I use humor to disarm people. I do, absolutely. I've, had, I've, right. I've interviewed everybody in the world, and the best way to disarm people, even your opposition, is with humor. Because if you immediately, oh, yes. if you immediately launch in, I have worked very hard, uh, and I hope it shows, I've worked very, very hard to be a great comedy writer and a great comedy mm. performer. Uh, and you'll be, it might be interesting. I was selling cars two years ago. I got fired from radio about maybe a little bit before you did. I got fired from radio, and I wasn't moving again for radio, so my wife said, I'm leaving you in December. And I said, and she said, you you need to figure out what you're going to do for a living to pay your bills while I'm still here. And I said, what do you want me to do? She said, sell bleeping cars. So I did for three years while building what a podcast. What kind of cars did you sell? I, a Toyotas, baby. Those are but great. you're lucky that it was before COVID, or else you'd have nothing. Would have had nothing to sell. There's nothing there. I drove by my own dealership, but I had to do that. And and I've discovered that if you can disarm people with humor, that that you can really uh, make a lot of headway. That's why I bring humor to my radio show. And my but you use humor to sell Toyotas too. Oh heck yeah! Oh my god! And right? I had a, I had a line for everything. You tell me one of the features on the car. I had a line about it. You know, and yeah, and guess funny. what? I sold the hell out of cars. Probably as good as you sold comic books when you were uh, six. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you do. You yeah. mustn't forget that if, if you listen to people in radio today, and we're not going to name names, they are humorless. The yeah. conservatives have no humor. Yes. And they try to identify with the audience with the fake stories about their father, the fake story about the mother, but they don't connect no. because people don't feel it. You know that there's a. You need to create a feeling. Yes. And where does the feeling come from? Reality. Yes. And if you're and, just and, talking, you're it, not walking it. It don't it, matter. I like to say desk pounding radio. And listen, a whole generation of people were ushered in uh, by you know Rush among others, and they said right. to themselves, "I can do radio, and I have an opinion." Well, you know they say about opinions. Everybody yes. you know, opinions are like you know uh, what. Uh, you know, and the last everyone thing, ha- the last thing I heard radio, it like this way: opinions are like ahs. Everyone yes, has one. Yes, it's it, the opinions are like where they put the you know the the colonoscopy. <laughs> yes, and everyone has one. Yes, and the last well, thing talk Rob, radio. I came here to talk that. to my callers, and normally, if I was doing radio, I'd say, "You're listening to the Michael Savage Show, eight hundred nine two two six six eight zero. But that's your number. Yeah. How yeah. many people do you have on the line right I, now that I can't we, hear? We've got loaded phone lines. Isn't that awful? How can I hear my people? Listen, folks, I promised you I I would talk with you, and I'm sorry if we can't. I'm sorry for the uh, technical issues. We technical difficulties. uh, This show is now finished. We will get. Well, we got one more break. If that's cool with you. No, it's fine. I'm enjoying myself. All right, let's take a break. You're listening to the Rob Carson Show. If the left tells you to quiet down. Get louder. It's the Rob Carson Show. All right, last segment with Dr. Michael Savage making his return to radio after being off for a couple of years, leaving radio after 26 years of becoming a uh, radio uh, legend. Um, I asked the doctor uh, off air, when you were growing up, the kind of radio you listened to, and in your generation early on, before TV rolled around, you listened to shows like The Shadow and whatnot. Tell us about that, about when you grew up listening to radio versus radio today. Okay, people don't know. I mean, I was born in 1942. It sounds like a long time ago. And it was a long time ago. There was no television. Yeah. So 
my dad would listen to radio. I would lie in his lap. He'd be smoking those unfiltered Philip Morris, <laughs> the ashes falling on my face. I, yeah. no, they didn't. Yeah. But he listened to the radio. I get the secondhand smoke, which I loved. Yeah. Causes no damage. I don't, I don't, because I grew up inhaling secondhand smoke. Yeah, me too. And yeah, yeah, I loved it. So I guess I was getting high. Anyway, we'd listen to the radio, <laughs> the Green Hornet, yeah. and we'd hear the sound effects. Yeah. We're down on the wharf. Yeah. And you hear the fog going, mmm. So my dad would say, he liked radio better than movies. I said, why, Daddy? He said, because with radio, you have to imagine what the person is presenting, while with movies, they give it to you. So it forced me to think about images. Yes. And that is why I actually speak in a pictorial manner. People have yeah. said, you asked me something. Yeah. I speak uh, in pictograms. If someone were to analyze my use of language... I speak in pictograms. People say, what does that mean? I make pictures with words yeah. intuitively. Yeah. The Chinese language, as you well know, is a pictographic language. They actually paint pictures. That's the letters in Chinese, Japanese, all Asian languages. I speak pictographically. I suppose you do as well. Yeah. And, and as a result, people picture what we're saying. Listen, I'm a farm boy from Iowa. I went to New York for the first time about a year and a half ago. I'd never been. But you took me there for years. I could. I, I saw your neighborhood. I saw the people in your neighborhood. I saw your childhood. I've never been to. I, I can't imagine sitting on the stoop in front of a brownstone in New York City. What the? Well, I, we I, weren't on a brownstone. It was it was an apartment building yeah. with chairs in the front. There you go. <laughs> but you took us there. You took us there. That's the, that's the thing you do. And when you talk about your dog or you talk about dining out or you talk about things like this, that's those are the pictures you, you painted for us. But we went to the restaurant not expecting to be beaten up or stabbed. Exactly. Exactly. You no. Know. Yeah. So, so uh, now they eat outdoors in these outdoor kiosks and they're being assaulted by the vermin of the earth. Yeah. Let me ask you so this. So-called sacred homeless. Yeah. Before, before we go, um, what, why do you still live in San Francisco? Well, as I said to you during the break, people yeah. say, why are you here if you hate it so much? I don't hate it so much yeah. because the world I live in is virtual. Okay, I love the climate. Yeah. Got one of the greatest climates on earth. Yeah. <clears throat> I love the fog. If you watch the fog coming in over the hills and you watch the fog going out in the, in the, in the late morning as it yeah. sucked back out and the marine layer sucked back out, I love the water. I love the birds. I live in, a, in an area that's sea level, yeah. but I could drive to an alpine climate called Tahoe. Yeah. I've got all 10 climactic zones. I love the geography. I love the old buildings in San Francisco. Uh, there are things I love about I the area I, and the culture here actually that predates the, the, the garbage that has emerged. Yeah. And it was the Italian district of North Beach. I love Chinatown, for yeah. example. It's the largest Chinatown outside of China. Yeah. <clears throat> there are so many things here that I like that have nothing to do with the small number of fools who have polluted it, that I avoid the pollution, Rob, and I still love it here. I got you. Well, we're going to have to uh, wrap things up. We're up against a hard break, and I want to thank you for joining me today and choosing my show to return to the airwaves. It is uh, honestly a great uh, honor for me, coming from a guy who was selling cars three years ago. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it means a lot. Chris Ruddy was good enough to discover me and call me at the car dealership on a Sunday and say, Rob Carson, where the hell have you been? How did, he, I, how did he find you on he, a car he, dealership? Uh, he, he, I, sent him, I, said, I wrote him on LinkedIn, and I said, here's my video podcast. And he called me, and he oh. says, where the hell have you been? I said, I've been in an abusive relationship with radio for 20 years. 
Interesting. And he gave me a shot. Well, what uh, Chris is great. Yeah, I love Chris yeah. Ruddy. He's probably the best person in the yeah, media that I've is. ever met. He is the number one. He's really a straight, the straightest guy I ever met to right. do business with. I've got a break, unfortunately. Dr. Savage, Godspeed, God bless. Thank you for being on. And I hope that I can continue to talk to you, and I hope you will join us again on the show sometime. Rob, keep up the really good work. 800-922-6680, but don't call because I won't be here. All right, we'll get you on next time. We'll make sure we have callers. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. All right, guys, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you, Dr. Michael Savage, for being on the show. Thank you for joining us as well. God bless you guys. God bless the unborn, our first responders, especially in Florida. And until tomorrow, don't catch the stupid. 